0: Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Uh, today's message, our, our month, our theme this whole month is building a legacy, because we're building more than a building, Okay. We're going to talk about it. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And we're going to get right into the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of the living God that's able to shift you, change you with one crumb. Your life can be changed, right? Acts 2, 42. This is after 3,000 people were added to the 120 that were in the upper room. 3,000 got saved. And it says, verse 42, and they continued steadfastly, that's more than continuing. Steadfastness, I could preach a whole message on being steadfast. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, the word there is koinonia, I'll define in a few moments, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear, this word fear is reverential awe. It's not like I'm afraid of the dark. This is, this is not a phobia, This is a reverential awe of God hit and came upon every soul, the Bible says, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods, divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing once a week on Sunday mornings, is that what it says there? Continuing... Uh, every couple of months when they could stop by and got a day off on a Sunday? Daily. So they continued, continuing daily with one accord in the temple at church. They had services every day. Don't tell me we have too many services. They had services every day, okay? So they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread. There's that phrase again from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God. Praise is a big part of this moment. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily. The same way they were coming to church, God was adding to the church. If it's weekly now, He's going to add to the church weekly. If it's twice a week, God can add people twice a week. Are you seeing? Lord, add to the church daily those who are being saved. Let's pray together one more time. Father God, we just are so thankful. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you are about to do in and through this people. Thank you, Lord for what you're, what you're flowing in and what we're flowing in through the river of life that's in us. Through Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're gonna be talking this whole month about principles of the New Testament church, building a legacy. And um, I'll say at the outset, after the prayer and you know, just seeking God for these past few weeks, I believe God is saying that 2022 is a year of the manifestation of long-held God dreams and purposes. This is a year of manifestation. <clears throat> this is designed by God. We've been through two years of famine, two years of drought, two years of yuch. I don't know how you spell it, but whatever it is, is yuck. Everything that the enemy has done to, to hit you God is about to flip the script right now. God is about to flip that thing around and he's gonna turn it and he's gonna manifest some stuff that you've had maybe for years, maybe for decades that you felt God promised you as a younger person or maybe just last week or last year. But whatever it is, you, you're leaning into God and you're praying. And, you're, and, and many of you are at the place where you're saying, what about, what, what about this, Lord? What about that? What about, I thought you gave me this word, this thought or... I received something and, and yet it hasn't materialized. This is the year where you have to believe God and trust Him again. Ask Him again. Yes. Ask Him again. Take that dream off the shelf. Listen, what we're talking about Vision Sunday is our corporate dream. Within that, there's a whole lot of room for individual dreams as long as there's a takeaway from the corporate dream. We're, we are together together alike alike. We are one accord, one place. That brings the power of God. And I believe the Lord gave me the words materialize and also acceleration. Acceleration. This is going to be a year of manifestation. Some things are going to accelerate. As we see this building going up, listen, if you've been here for any length of time, we went to build a building a few years ago and all of a sudden, the last minute God said, nope, put on the brakes. Hardest thing I've ever done in my life is to not build a building. When we We're working on it for a couple years. All of a sudden, God said, no. April 3rd, 2007, they brought the papers and said, here's a $6.5 million loan, all approved. All you have to do is sign the bottom line. And I had a check in my heart. And then I had a choice to make. Either I override what I tell everybody to do. Let the Holy Spirit be your umpire. Either I override that, and build it myself or in my mind, I could have lost credibility as a pastor and lost the leadership of this church. At that moment, nobody knew that there was a global economic shift that was coming in 2000, late 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2011. Nobody knew, I didn't know. We were going full bore but God saved our lives when he said, hold. And so now we're building a $1.5 million building, 15 years later, and we've changed as a church in our values as a church, in the sense that back in that day, but listen, I come from a generation where it was all about the size of the sanctuary. Bill, you're gonna build a church, you better build a big sanctuary but bit, you know, you got to build for thousands. Carpenter's Home Church in Lakeland built for 10,000 and never filled it, maybe once or twice. Right now churches that are thousands that are building new auditoriums, new sanctuaries are shooting for in the 750 to 900 range because they just want to do multiple services like we do anyway. And we we've raised the roof here, raised the ceiling. We've enlarged, we used to have offices on both sides of a much smaller platform. Our, our platform was higher, and our ceiling was lower. <clears throat> Anybody remember that day? It felt like it was like it was like walking into a claustrophobia machine. <laughs> felt like I was in an airplane every week. And and yet, over the years, we've been able to bump this out and push that up, and now we can sit three, 400 people in here easily. And as long as God gives us grace and strength, we love multiple services, don't we, Pastor Lindsay? <laughs> no, he's, he's being sincere. I'm not, it's not a joke. Um, we're willing to do three services when we need to. That's a, a little, I, I may sit down on a stool for the third one, I'll be honest with you. Um, but we, we, we like multiple services. Every great church in the world does multiple services. We love it. So we'll do whatever. So, But our needs changed. What we needed to build was a multi-purpose building. We needed classrooms for kids. We need lobby space. We need a bigger space to fellowship, to get together. We'll talk about that more in a few moments. But <coughs> excuse me, we needed a, a cafe. We need a cafe. Do you know, some of you that, that have only been here for a few years don't know, we pioneered the church having lattes and, exp- and espressos. Some of you don't know that. Anybody remember 1997 or eight, when we had in the other end of this building, we had a cafe and we were serving uh, espressos and cappuccinos and the like. We had a family that moved in from uh, Starbucks country up in Seattle and they said, hey, we will man this for you. And we started that back then. So we scooped it. And then years later, we just didn't have space for it. We're going to have a cafe again. We're going to have a, a, a full kitchen hospitality team. It's going to be awesome. But these, see, needs change. It's not, a, it's not just about what happens in here. Church life is about what happens here and down where the children are meeting today that becomes where the youth meet on Wednesday nights or when they get back to regular meetings with that and Out there, we're going to have a courtyard, 30-foot courtyard. I mean, we have a lot of things that are going. Church is not just what happens in this room. Church is what happens wherever we go. Because we're carriers. We're carriers of the presence of God. Can you say amen? Amen. We're excited about the legacy building, excited about starting construction. Um, There's a new temporary fence, and the real fence starts going in soon, uh, building permits are in the process from what I'm hearing. I, I heard that last Sunday night after our Now Crew rally. And I'm excited to say that what, um, what they're telling people with building permits taking 45 days, God seems to be giving us favor to kind of move it through the process quite a bit faster than that. Isn't that awesome? They got 1,300 building construction permit applications. 1,300. 1,299 of them were ahead of us. We're racing up because of the favor of God. We just give God praise for that. So these next few weeks, we ask for your patience because <clears throat> once this process begins and construction starts, we're going to lose half of our overhang space out here. They're gonna, that, we're going to lose the overhang itself. We're going to do some temporary awnings to get you and then we're going to have a temporary drop-off space out where the handicapped spots are right now. So we're going to have to ask you ask for your patience. You're going to have to walk a little 12-foot corridor to get in and out of church. But we're working on helping. We're working on helping. We're praying in and believing. We've got a team that's working on a golf cart to help us to get people, our precious Pat over here. We're going to be able to... She, she parks the closest spot and then and she comes in here with her little scooter and whatever she needs that week. And I told the people last week, I was thinking of you, we need to make sure that we have a golf cart and we can get her, we won't just even get her through the 12 foot cart, we're gonna take her right to the back door, bring her right in here. So we're gonna, it's about that. So this is the stuff we're working on and I'm just casting the vision for I'm just telling you, this is what we're believing for, okay? Now we call it the legacy building Because legacy means something special to us. Dictionary says legacy is this. A legacy is a thing handed down by a predecessor. It's a generational inheritance. That's really what this is about. We are literally and figuratively building a new building for the next generations of our families and our community. There are people within just a few miles of this location that we don't know right now that don't know us and many of them don't know the Lord. And they don't know, many of them, that Jesus is more than an historical religious figure or a curse word. They don't know he's alive. Some are hurting, some are broken, and many are absolutely hopeless right now. Not just poor down and out people either, people with nice houses and nice cars, bankrupt on the inside. We're building to reach them. Right now we have four different generations of people in this church together. How do I know that? Because in my own family, my mother-in-law, me and my wife, our two children and their spouses, and our five grandchildren. That's four generations just in our family. There may be five in yours, I don't know. But I'm just telling you that it's, a, it's about moving forward. It's not about just, just a handful of people <clears throat> just growing old together. We just heard of another church recently that the pastor hung on and the people hung on and they had no more growth and they got that us for no more mentality and now it got down to pastor passed away and the last few people holdouts uh, are quite a bit older and the church is closing. Just right here in Ocala. My friends, we can never be that. Now, church. Not yesterday, church. Not we hope so, church. Now, church. When is it going to be now for them? Whenever it's now. Now. And so we understand now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're from all different backgrounds and ethnicities, different races, different financial status. We grew up in a wide range of homes and family situations, yet in this place called Now Church, we found our spiritual home, a safe place to come together and get to know Jesus and the power of his word and Holy Spirit, knowing that we're not going to be judged, knowing that nobody from from, from the pastor on down, there's nobody perfect in this place. We're all on a journey. We're all going where God wants us to be. Say amen. You know, I once heard a story of a skilled craftsman woodworker that made the most amazing pews for churches. For one congregation, he was hard to make 100 pews of exactly the same size and specifications. He labored long and hard on the original pattern, then began to work his magic, and he, he did such a great job. The first few came out so precisely that he decided to set aside the first model, the pattern, and just copy pew four from pew three, then pew five from pew four, and so on. Problem came when he went to install the pews in the nice traditional sanctuary, and the last 10 pews were so far off the mark he couldn't even get them through the doors. He was shocked to realize that even though each generation of his creation was only a little bit off from the original, the last few were hardly recognizable compared to the pattern. And so goes the church of Jesus 2,000 years after the cross, and when the book of Acts of the Apostles was laid down as the original pattern of God's design. If, you, if we want to know what we are supposed to look like, we've got to get it in the book of Acts. They lived in power. They lived in strength. They lived in persecution. There were hard moments. There were attacks. There were sicknesses. My gosh, Paul preached so long one night a guy sitting up on the window from the third story fell out and died. And Paul the Apostle did what preachers do. He went down, raised him from the dead and went back up and preached till morning. Read the story, it's in the Bible. You'd think that would be a clue for Paul. Well, I think this has gone too long, we just killed a guy. Maybe we ought to, maybe we ought to back off of this one. He kept going. He preached till dawn. At least I'd have enough sense to stop the meeting. Okay, I promise you that. The early church was continually moving the power of the Holy Spirit. They had an intimacy with the Holy Spirit that sometimes we lack. That sensitivity to the unction of God, the voice of God, the the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The, The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ. Jesus said because he went to be physically at the right hand of the Father, he'd send us his Holy Spirit to be with us in the same way that Jesus was with the first disciples. And he is. The early church overcame the resistance and the distractions the devil brought from every direction. And the Bible says they did it with gladness and simplicity of heart. What's simplicity of heart? I think it's just keeping the main thing, the main thing, and that's, one of the hardest things about vision over even a generation or a life or my 32 year, almost 10 here is just keeping the main thing, the main thing. It's about winning others to Jesus. It's about bringing people to church with you, inviting people, ministering to them on the job, being available, not beating, over, beating people over the head with your Bible, but being available to give a reason for the hope that's in you every time you're asked. That's what Peter said. What are some of the ancient truths of the early church we need to emulate today? And this is where I want to land today. First and foremost, they built a community of believers. Community. Everybody say community. community. Whether you realize it or not, we're a community. Wasn't it Sister Sledge who sang, we are family? Oh, man. People don't remember Sister Sledge. Wow. You remember that? We're family, people. We're family. Sometimes your spiritual family is even better to you than your natural family. Not always, thankfully. But sometimes, that's how, that's how it's a community. It's relationships. We, we grow, we change, we evolve, we go through stuff. The Bible says we weep with those who weep. We rejoice with those who rejoice. We're here for each other. But woe to him who's alone when he falls. Isolation is what the enemy tries to do. They build a community of believers. Listen, remember, the word church literally means a gathering together of called out ones and the prefix ek of ecclesia, the word ecclesia, when Jesus said on this rock, I'll build my church, we sang about a few minutes ago. On this rock, I'll build my ecclesia. The prefix ek indicates action. It's an action verb. It's, the church was never designed to be a building with steeples and pews and just a traditional-looking cathedral where people kind of come in. Some of the greatest places where I'm going to be in the next couple weeks in Europe, I'll go see a couple of cathedrals, and it's always wild because you see these great buildings, historically wonderful and significant buildings, historically. And I say, how many people meet in this building on Sundays? Oh, about 30, 20. A few years ago, I was in Northern Ireland, and the pastor took us to a meal in a restaurant that was an old church. And we ate in the balcony in the church. And while I enjoyed the nice steak, my heart was sad because the church is not the building. It's not... We've been saying it forever. It's not the building. It's the people gathering together around common mission, vision, and values. It's it's people gathered together, called out ones from the world to action. We're called together to have the world be not... Listen, they're in our periphery. We love them. We bless them. But as a body, we take on the shape of our king and our Master. And we take on his values and the image of Jesus. Amidst all the training, preaching, and teaching of the word, the Bible says they had the apostles' doctrine, but they had this thing called fellowship. You know, you never hear the word fellowship usually right now, except in, you never hear people say, hey, would you like to go fellowship at the bar with me tomorrow night? (laughs) Well, hopefully you don't hear that. that. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't invite people, you know, and when you're in the world, you don't you don't go fellowship. You go hang out and eat. But fellowship is a principle, it's a spiritual principle. It's a dynamic. Fellowship, the word Greek word koinonia means partnership, participation, intimate social communion. There's a social aspect to the early church and a social aspect to us today, 2,000 years later, but we have to guard against being the country club where it's all about the social. But the social part is a real key paradigm in the church. It's a very, it's a very key thing. Let me, let me say it this way. What has the enemy attacked more than any other thing in the church the last couple years since the pandemic? Koinonia. Worldwide, Worldwide, churches have been threatened. Churches have been put in boxes. Pastors have been arrested. I I was telling somebody the other day, I found out that a dear friend of mine, Pastor Brian Tamaki in New Zealand, has been arrested and is still in jail and can't get bail because he spoke out against the government of New Zealand for their vaccination policy and, and was standing for freedom of speech. He's in jail. I don't know if he's out yet. I'm hoping my other pastor friend down there, Peter Mortlock, will tell me soon, but Canadian pastors, jailed. Listen, we, we're the church. What is it? Somebody said years ago, if we don't hang together, we're going to hang separately. I'm jealous for the church, not just this church, but for the body of Christ. I'm a pastor, that's my whole, my whole vantage point, my whole lens of life. I've given my life to Jesus, but I've given it through the expression of what I believe is the, his best way of building his kingdom on the earth through something called the church. I've bet, I've bet my life on it. Do you understand? This is my passion. I have, bet, I have based my life to love his people. When I feel the church in danger, I can't be silent. Several times in this little passage that I read in our text today, they use the phrase breaking of bread and eating together. Did you get your donuts this morning, by the way? Before we gave you pens, we were trying to give you donuts. Did they get donuts yet? Oh, now crew ate the donuts. I'm so sorry. I thought it was for the whole church. Wow. This is a good moment to say that you wanna be in Now Crew yeah. because we give away holy things. Wow, I'm, it's my bad, I'm so sorry. Wow, can somebody run and get some munchkins or something for me? Anyway, Anyway. This phrase breaking but bread, eating together are mentioned as a priority or a key. Listen that fellowship to the Jewish mind. There's a scripture that Paul writes in Corinthians says, listen, if you find somebody that's unrepentant of heinous sin, don't even eat with them. He's not saying be mean to people and and be snubbing people. He's saying, to the Jewish mindset, when you eat with somebody, that's why they got so mad when Jesus ate with tax collectors and sinners. Because when you eat with somebody, it's a covenant act. It's not just a meal. It's something where you're building koinonia. You're building intimate communion, fellowship, relationship, and you're partaking of one another's grace and gifts. Relationships, my friends, are one of the great engines of church growth. That's why we know that Jesus added to the church daily those who are being saved because relationships are the engines. It starts to grow. We just need to be intentional and here's my caution. We just need to make sure we're intentional about including others that are coming in and not be cliquish. We've, we kind of had that years ago and we didn't discover it until, we, we were on television for nine years and TV was bringing in new people, but I didn't, we didn't realize people in our church weren't bringing in people. TV was bringing in people that were already like us but we weren't really winning a whole lot of new people to the Lord because our church had become cliquish. And people, when they came to church, they looked forward to seeing each other, but new people coming in felt like outsiders and they'd only come once. I hope those of you that are newer are finding a difference the last few years. It is is our hearts to make sure you feel loved, accepted, and the only uncomfortable moments you should have are when the spirit of conviction is coming through the word. That's the only uncomfortable moment. Are you here? The Lord added to the church daily, those being saved through genuine community. This whole year, we will be under construction. We're hoping we'll be in the new building, maybe December, maybe January, I don't know. But for the next year, we're focusing on construction. It is a big deal, but the construction that we're having is more than building a building and we can't just sit around waiting for completion. We've gotta be preparing now. So I call you to a year to prepare for fulfillment, to prepare for your breakthrough, to prepare for what God is gonna do to bring in those hurting people. Do you realize how many greeters we're gonna need when we spread out a little bit, when we actually have people coming in on the other side of where that flagpole is now? That's where the front door is going to be. They're going to have to make it from there. We need greeters there. We need people walking around in the cafe, welcoming people. I can announce this. We're going to have a free coffee kiosk. So the cafe will do the specialty drinks, but we're going to have free coffee for people coming through there to get you warmed up on a a cold day and mostly cool down somehow in your life, when you come in on hot days in the summer. We're gonna have stuff to, we, but we need more people. So now we need people that are gonna head up the coffee kiosk. That's all new ministry we haven't had in years. All these kinds of things are things we have to start praying about now. New security teams, more children's workers and teachers. We're adding two new classrooms for age groups we've never had separated before. Three and four year olds are gonna have their one class in the new building. And five and six year olds are gonna have their own class separate from children's church. It's gonna be their height, their space. There's gonna be a little Jack and Jill, cool little bathroom for kids that size between those two classrooms. It's gonna be really cool. We've never had that before. We never had the luxury of space. Our pastors gave up our own offices Years ago, my gosh, 15 years ago now, we gave up our space for our offices to to have more children's and youth space, thankfully. But I'm telling you, we're headed to some great days, but there's a great need. We need more ushers than ever, more help with cleaning. Our hospitality is about to go to a whole nother level. I don't know why you're not more excited about hospitality. (laughs) A A lot of people have been asking for years, what? why don't we have a real kitchen? It's coming. It's coming. And I'm told that the fire marshal has already signed off on it, on the paperwork. So praise God, that's a big deal. Full kitchen, coffee stations, putting together a team to help plan the kitchen and brand new cafe right away. We have a, a wonderful man in our church who is a restaurant consultant and he is gonna work with Pastor Chris. Hopefully pretty soon they're gonna start meeting and talking about what we need in the kitchen and what the, what the cafe is gonna look like and what we're gonna have there. And hopefully we wanna have some food items maybe as well. Maybe even open a couple hours during the week. Who knows? But all this stuff is being talked about now. We can't wait till, wait till we're in there and go, hey, what are we gonna do now? We gotta start working on it. Are you, are you getting this today? Prayer in the early church. Prayer is still the main engine for spiritual momentum. Whether it's personal or corporate, church-wide, prayer is the main engine. Personally or as a community. The Bible says several times in that little passage in our text that they prayed together. That they prayed together as a body. That they prayed together in their homes. They prayed together. They were together because they were praying and they were building that relationship. Prayer becomes the driving force for breakthrough. And I want to say this, make it clear. Small, weak prayers get small, weak results. But leaning into God is crucial. I believe I hear the Spirit, the Holy Spirit nudging. This has been in my heart, and I'll have it, I want to say it to you. It's time to ramp up prayer in the church to another level again. Time to ramp up prayer in the church. Not that we haven't been praying, but we want, to, we, we want to be intentional and pray more, pray different, pray more strategically as well. And speaking of ramps, I'll kind of close with these thoughts. A recent Charisma article that I read said this, church membership should not consist of rules to keep people out, but ramps to help people grow. Our main on-ramp the last few years has been called next steps. It used to be our answer to everything. But when COVID hit two years ago, we were confronted with the fact that we needed to birth our own program to upgrade and change some of our methods to be more effective. Remember, it's always the message that's sacred. The methods always have to change and get better. We have to reach people today in a different way than we reached them last week or last year, or two years ago, or especially before COVID. Focusing on connection through membership being planted in the local church, a big part of our passion, foundations of the faith, discipleship going to a new level, personal growth and development, and a new resource library. This is our heart in a new program. And we wanna now say we need something also uniquely Floridian. So here it is right now. uh, Our new name, our new program for our ramp for people coming into the church is called Liftoff. Lift off. It's gonna be great. The liftoff is gonna have three stages to it. Embark, endeavor, and engage. Embark is your beginning. Endeavor, we used to have four classes, we're gonna have three. Endeavor is gonna be more about the specifics of it and engage is about releasing you into your calling and destiny. <clears throat> then it doesn't stop there. The three classes does. That's the on-ramp people coming into the church. But then we're going to have more. We're going to use online technology and Zoom meetings. So here's what's going to happen. People are going to come in. They're going to be able to say, well, how do I get involved in liftoff? The answer is going to be, the question is going to be liftoff. The answer is going to be liftoff. It's going to be liftoff right now. What do, you need, what do I need to do to get involved in this the church? or hear more about the vision. It's called liftoff. Liftoff. And that's going to be, you can, you can get, become part of the next round of classes. And then when you embark, you're going to get to watch some video stuff that used to be in a class over here. You're going to get to watch it online. And then Pastor Chris or one of our leaders is going to have a Zoom meeting that week. Everybody can watch it when they want to, when it's their convenience, when it's their schedule. But then there's going to be a meeting on whatever night and it will be an online and Pastor Chris will be right there and say, okay, let's talk about the video. Let's talk about what we got from it, and and I can kind of answer any other questions. We're gonna make it much more interactive. It's gonna be online. You'll be able to reach it through our app, our church app, or our website. So if you, listen, I know people are gonna ask this. If you've been through Next Steps, you don't have to go through liftoff. This is primarily for new people coming in. However, there are new things that are going to be available for everyone at whatever stage you are in your life to keep growing and being discipled. For example, we have a three-week course coming up for all married couples who want to take their marriage to the next level of love, joy, and peace. It's called Couples Having Coffee, and it begins three Sunday evenings. It's going to be three Sundays at five o'clock on February 20th. 27th, and March 6th. So I don't know anybody. Listen, my wife and I are about to celebrate 42 years of marriage next month. 42 years. We keep working at our marriage. We keep trying to make it better. Uh, One of the the toughest questions, and I learned this from Gary Smalley years ago, say to my wife, "Um, where do you rate our marriage right now? Uh, Don't be prepared Don't ask the question if you're not prepared for the answer. Because if I would say a nine, she might say a six. And then I'm like, what's it going to take to get you to a nine? And she always knows. (laughs) And there's some times where maybe I'm thinking we're at a six or seven. And she said, I think we're at a nine. When you start to have those type of relationship talks, you can... Take the whole thing to the next level. You can take love. Love grows. Love love isn't supposed to be static. Love is growing. It's effervescent, it's flowing and bubbly. Say amen. Amen. Now to go with our theme, our resource library will be called our Launchpad. And the Launchpad will be accessible from the church app and the website. It will contain various short videos regarding many of life's most challenging situations. Now, when I say resource library, we're gonna have things available, but we don't have them today. You build a library, okay? So things that you're asking in your heart, like right now, our resource library is, I do a teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's online right now. We've had that online for six months or more. Pastor Chris does something about um, water baptism. He has a water baptism uh, video right now. And isn't there one for baby dedication, child dedication? So we have three right now, but we wanna help you. So the only way we know what videos to do is what questions you're asking or what you're needing prayer for. So we're gonna start building, so it may may take us the next, we're probably building this library for the next few years. But I want you to know, we wanna help you grow in God. And we're gonna help you with everything we've got and provide what we can. We'll also recommend different books to read for whatever you're interested in or going through for spiritual growth, for developing a deeper walk with the Lord and real discipleship. We understand leadership is designed to provide a track for you to run on, but every person has their own choice whether to run on that track or not. The the resource is gonna be there. You have to choose. We're not gonna beg you to go online and find these tools. It's gonna be you Pursuing God and asking questions, okay? So these are gonna be available for you and available for you in our online campus as well here locally and around the world, okay? So our job is to equip the saints, that's you, to find your ministry and your destiny. I'll finish with this. By the grace of the Lord Jesus, the state of our now church is healthy and moving forward to expand the kingdom of God I believe God is saying that those who have simply survived the last two years in his power are about to thrive. We're going from survive to thrive in 2022. I believe that's a promise of God. Let's pray together. Now you're gonna close your eyes if you will. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, thank you for vision. Lord, to us vision is, is life. Vision is life. We can see where we're going. We can see where we're moving. We we can see where you want us to be. We, We know we get stuck sometimes where we are or where we've been. But Lord, would you continue to impart vision into every person here in the sound of my voice, whether in the room or online. We speak vision to you. We prayed the blessing over you earlier. We sang the blessing over you. I want you to, we bless you and your children right now. We bless you and your children right now, afresh, with vision from God. Yet your dream. And whatever age you are right now, I believe the Bible says that your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. The moment, somebody told me this years ago and I found it to be true. The moment you start believing that your best days are behind you, that's when you get old. And some people do it at 30. Some people do it at 40. Somebody don't do it. Some people don't even do it when they're 70. They still stay young because they have vision from God. We speak life over you right now. We speak health over you right now. We speak to the pain you may have in your heart or the pain in your body right now and promise you the word of God says that Jesus mends broken hearts, binds up the wounds, sets captives free. And in this Vision Sunday, we proclaim to you the acceptable year of the Lord, his favor. May his favor be upon you and your children and your children's children. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, or maybe you knew him at one point, but you put him on the back burner, you put him in the trunk of your car like a spare tire waiting for emergencies. Right now, we invite you to ask Jesus into your life in a brand new way that you can know him and your relationship with him becomes vibrant and vital right now in Jesus name say what does that prayer sound like pastor but it's not a it's not a formula for me when I was 19 my prayer of salvation was kind of like okay if you're real show me come into my life and I've got to know you this religion thing I've been raised in didn't do it but I want to know you. I'm sorry for the areas of my life where I blew it. Wasn't super eloquent, but my life was changed and yours can be too. Before you leave this room, in Jesus' name, amen. Did you get something good today, I hope? You receive it. Are you gonna pray for the vision? We believe with us, not just for a building, but for a people, for a people, for a relationship. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.